What is faith? How would you answer that question? Well, thankfully, Scripture doesn't leave us in doubt concerning the nature of faith, but the author of Hebrews tells us, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Here we're told, essentially, that faith is trust, the kind of trust that inevitably results in both assurance and in conviction. Trust in the things which God himself has promised. Trust in an external object. Now, if you've zoned out already, I want you to please pay close attention to the very next sentence. Faith is trust in something outside of us. I'll say it again. Faith is trust in something, or better yet, someone outside of us. Now, why is this last part so important? Why must biblical faith, why must true trust be anchored to something which is outside of us? Well, frankly, because faith and narcissism are two completely different things. Now, narcissism, you may or may not know, comes from Greek mythology. Narcissus was a mighty hunter, and he was known for a great number of things, among which were his rugged good looks. And Narcissus was one of those guys who knew it, and he knew it very well. He was proud of his looks, so proud, in fact, that he actually raised the ire of some supernatural forces against him. Now, in order to kind of condense the story, I'll give you the gist of it. Eventually, he's led to an enchanted pool where he catches a glimpse of his own reflection. And there he falls in love with himself. And so he's content to spend his days and his nights gazing lovingly upon his own reflection. And there he lives, and there he eventually dies. And so narcissism is taken on the meaning of being enamored with oneself. And this, my friends, is the polar opposite of biblical faith. You see, biblical faith doesn't look to itself, but instead it looks to Christ. Biblical faith doesn't take pleasure in itself, but instead it takes pleasure in Christ. And above all, biblical faith doesn't trust in itself, but instead it trusts in Christ. And so in this respect, the faith has sometimes been compared to the human eye. Our eyes, of course, aren't looking at themselves, but they instead focus on the things that are outside of us in the external world. And as a matter of fact, unless there's something wrong with our eyes, for the most part, we don't even really think much about them. We're too busy beholding the grandeur of the world around us, the beauty of art, the majesty of nature, and so on. And in fact, you'd probably think that someone was crazy if in the face of those things, they focused upon their own eyes. Think, for example, if you were beholding something amazing like the Grand Canyon, and as you're taking it in and you're drinking in the beauty, the guy next to you says, Behold, look at my eyes. See how they take in the grandeur. Look how they perfectly capture this scene and so on. You think, this guy is off his rocker. He's missing something. He's missing the most important thing, the beauty in front of him. And yet, unfortunately, when it comes to faith, we sometimes tend to do the same thing. Instead of talking about the external things which our faith should be clinging to, our Lord Jesus Christ and his word, we instead extol faith itself. And so we hear sermons about how to build our faith. And we read books about how to refine our faith. We obsess about it. We talk to our Christian friends and family members and loved ones. And we focus instead upon those virtues which we have, the faith that we have, instead of talking about the thing to which our faith should cling, our Lord Jesus Christ. 
And so like Narcissus, we all too often prefer to gaze upon ourselves. So how are we to avoid such nonsense in the future? Well, pay attention to Scripture and pay attention to how whenever Scripture speaks of faith, it immediately and always links faith to its proper object, who is Christ. When Scripture speaks of faith, it speaks of belief, not in some nebulous sense, but instead belief in Jesus. Not faith in some undefined way, but faith in Jesus. Not trust in some ununderstandable way, but trust in Jesus. And more specifically, trust in Jesus as the Savior from sin and from death and from hell. Why? Because Jesus himself has defeated sin by fulfilling the righteous requirements of God's law for you. Every bit of it, every last part of it, every jot and tittle. And the good news, my friends, is that leaves none left for you to fulfill. Jesus suffers and he dies in order to bear God's wrath against sin. And he bears it all, every bit, every last drop. And the good news is that leaves none left for you to bear. Christ rises again from the dead and he conquers death and he conquers hell, all of it. And that, of course, leaves none left for you to have to conquer. Jesus did those things. He conquers sin and death and hell. He kicks in death's teeth and he flings wide the gates of heaven, which are open now and ready to receive you. Faith didn't do those things. Jesus did those things. So what does faith do? Well, faith rests, faith trusts, and faith believes in what Jesus has done. That his death is enough, enough to save sinners like us. Enough to save those of us who too often have more in common with Narcissus than we do with that spotless Lamb of God. But thanks be to him, he takes away our sin. Which brings us right back to the text for today. If we are faithless, he himself remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And this is the good news, my friends, that Jesus dies for us, he redeems us, he saves us, and because of Jesus, God remains faithful to us even when we're unfaithful. Just as he remained faithful to hungry Adam and Eve, just as he remained faithful to Noah the drunkard, and to Abraham the liar, and to Moses the murderer, and to David the adulterer, and to Peter the denier, and to Thomas the doubter, and Paul, the blasphemer and prosecutor, persecutor, so too he remains faithful to us, those who tend to be distracted and not fix our eyes upon Jesus. But God has shown his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. My friends, that is true faithfulness. And God simply refuses to deny what Jesus has accomplished for us. He can't. And he won't. Jesus is the reason why God, in the face of our own infidelity, refuses to remain faithful to us. He can't deny you, and he won't, because you belong to him. He has saved you. He has redeemed you by his precious blood. Your sins are forgiven. And so Paul writes elsewhere in 2 Thessalonians 3 that the Lord is faithful he will establish you and guard, against, guard you against all evil, even when the evil turns out to be the narcissist within. Yes, Jesus saves us from that too. In Jesus' name, amen.